1: I know the human
0: being and fires can cause just peaceful. This, without finding, treated.
1: This episode is sponsored by Three Wishes Serial. This is a real ad. Listen. Wow. I don't like that at all So, so guys I gotta tell you, I hate cereal Like I really just fucking can't stand cereal So when Sean said that there's a cereal company that wants to sponsor us You know I told him I fucking hate cereal man You choose the flavor Yeah. So we got this cereal and it's pretty fucking good Nathan is right
0: Both Nathan and Stacy were like Eh we're not that into cereal So they let me pick The company name is Three Wishes And so I picked the cocoa, Cocoa Flavor.
1: But it's not the only flavor they have,
0: right? Right, they actually have an unsweetened cereal for people who want to like really rough it and then they have a cinnamon and a honey flavor And I mean honestly they all sounded pretty good to
1: me, but I think cocoa it was a good choice I yeah. liked it again guys like we had a bowl of this cereal and really like God, I had this epiphany Cause I'm like one of those like terrible retrograde reprobate kind of guys who's like, the cereal's made of all sorts of cool plant stuff, right? Like, like what's it made out of? It's like made out of chickpea and and what else is in there? Yeah, chickpea, pea protein, tapioca, lots of pea sounds in there. All that shit sounds like terrible to me. Sure. In like, fact, dude, it was, like, crunchier than yeah. the cereal I'm used to. Yes. It had, like, good bite to it. Yes. It felt like I was eating something and not just, like, goop that some co- corporation told me is supposed to be tasty for breakfast. No, I mean, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up. Because, seriously, the
0: crunchiness of it and it, like, it held up for a little while in the milk and everything like that. It had pretty good chocolate flavor. It wasn't super sweet. I mean, I guess cereals from like when we were kids
1: super fucking sweet this one's not that sweet yeah it has good flavor too you know because like the other type of cereal that's like oh grandma's sugar mush you know (laughs) for for your dead mouth right like like there's like really boring cereals and like this is tasty but it wasn't too sweet it had a lot of crunch to it it felt like i was eating something a little more substantial to the point of which i was like Whatever fucking nerd-ass scientists they have making this shit, <laughs> all cereal companies should hire this guy. And, and, like, whatever they make cereal out of, fuck those people. They should make cereal out of this crazy-ass tapioca <laughs> shit that they're making this crazy shit cereal out of. It was pretty good. Yeah, so
0: two things that didn't really matter to us, but we should probably say, is mm. that this cereal has a lot of protein in it. Right. And in each serving, it's got eight grams of protein. You guys
1: know I don't need more protein, but it, maybe you do.
0: It's also gluten-free, which is nice for some people. Yeah. That also does not it, matter it, to us. Yeah, and it's vegan, which also, I think, matters.
1: I'm one of those like terribly amoral people who like kind of thinks we should slowly get more and more vegetarian with our broader diet. Yeah, me included. But I'm like, yeah, Someday that based meat will be good. And so like whenever there's something that actually happens to be vegan and is tasty, that's like it's cool, right? Like I'm glad. That's why I'm an alcoholic. No cows are (laughs) harmed when I drink vodka. So there's a lot of stuff that this doesn't have. So if
0: people are on the lookout, they're trying to avoid wheat, dairy, soy, oats, corn, rice, peanuts. None of that shit is in here. Pretty impressive. So you can avoid all of that. And listeners, you can get a discount, right? So if you go to Three Wishes Three Wishes Cereal, it's all spelled out, so no numbers in there. Three Wishes Cereal. If you use the code PODCAST10, P O D C A S T 1 0,
1: then you can get 10% off. I don't eat cereal, but I thought it was pretty freaking good. Okay, so get yourself some Three Wishes freaking cereal. And as an added bonus, you look on the back, you see the faces of the family or whatever who owns the company. One of them is just straight up George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> One of them is just fucking George Lucas. Nailed it. <laughs> Ad done. <laughs> George Lucas and his secret Canadian family <laughs> made this cereal. So that's right. Go to www3 promo code PODCAST10 to buy George Lucas's cereal. Oh, fuck. Guys, welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. I'm Sean. You don't know this, guys, but this is the second take of our intro for this episode. (laughs) Because I went on this rant about obesity and Kim Jong-un. Yeah, we got off track last time. But that's not what
0: this episode is about, Nathan, before you derail us again. What is it about? This episode is about gut
1: ulcers and stress. You know the problem is the people want to hear what I have to say about Kim (laughs) Jong-un No, wait, wait, okay. That audio exists out there, people. Okay. So tell me, Sean, when I'm stressed... I'm not usually stressed. Yeah, you're never stressed. <laughs> <laughs> you, you stress eat without the stress, which that's is interesting. That's true, that's true. Uh, so I, I know... Call <laughs> 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 me I,
0: I know some people that have um, food and tummy situations when they're stressed out. Like, for example, uh, Vikram at the Planthropology podcast Rawr! is a self-prof... <laughs> 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 people aren't going to understand... <laughs>
1: <laughs> what Panthropology. Yeah. in our last <laughs> <Wildcat>. <laughs> in our last take nathan said the panthropology podcast anyway no but i mean i was out in texas recently i was kind of in this no country for old men situation where <laughs> harvey Bardam was trying to kill me yeah and someone just shot him dead okay and vikram came out In leopard Prince, with the three cats that he owns. Sure. Now he's recently been arrested for tax fraud. Kind of a Lion King situation. Yes. But I remember seeing that, and I was like, "Why do you talk about plants, bro? You should talk about panthers, Tiger King." Yeah. Lion King is the Disney.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Holy shit. Anyway, what I was saying is Vikram is a stress eater. Yes. Self-professed. Okay. Okay. But so we're not like blowing his cover at all by saying that? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's good. But I know people, for example, my wife Liliana, who was a guest host on our epigenetics episode, she has a lot of stomach pain when she's stressed out. That means that she ends up not eating very much when she's stressed. Her stomach is hurting. And that is like two very different results from stress. Right. right. And so, that was kind of the impetus for this episode, and I think we're going to have other episodes where we talk about, like, what's the deal with stress eating and everything. Yeah. This one is about one particular way that tummies and stress intersect, and that is peptic ulcers.
1: Ah, Peptic ulcers caused by Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> uh, I used to drink that as candy when I was a kid. You liked the color. I <laughs> yeah, remember that. Yeah, you are yeah. like, oh, pink. I liked its <laughs> viscous quality. I'm a weird, perverted guy like that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I do no <laughs> <color>. I <I'm laughs> in my mouth. I,
0: re- I remember <laughs> when you made the switch from Pepto-Bismol to Nesquik
1: strawberry. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, similar thickness. Right? And finally, I turned into a man and I put away childish things. All right, everyone, (laughs) so gut ulcers and stress, let's do this thing. I just realized I do have a certain type of stress eating. Okay. When I'm really stressed, it's like late at night, I just got off a midnight shift, Uh, I'm still working at a bar in LAX, it's like 80,000 dead people a day. Anyway, uh, but when I'm really stressed, I'm willing to eat Jack in the Box tacos. And it's just like, it's like how like masochists in France used to like whip themselves or something, be like, bouquet. That's not French. Whatever. (laughs) They're like, Why? (laughs) (laughs) That's not French either. (laughs) You're a pourquoi, right? Pourquoi. (laughs) Right? That's like my version of that. I just like cry and eat a a jack of the box
0: taco. (laughs) When you have a car and so many open Taco Bells, why don't you just go to a Taco Bell?
1: You know, I'm not actually close to an open Taco Bell. Mine closes at like 9.30. Wow. I know. That is fucked up. The McDonald's too. That is Trump's America. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Everyone go vote.
0: <laughs> so, Tommy ouchies, let's talk about these peptic ulcers. Mm. Okay. And so, peptic ulcers are ulcers that can form in your stomach and duodenum. Ooh, that's a sexy word. okay. And for a long time, they were thought to be associated with stress.
1: Quick question. Yeah. what is an ulcer?
0: Yes, okay. So uh, I get into that a little bit in the next chunk. Oh, oh okay. But an ulcer is basically an area of your tissue where some of the surface cells have kind of been destroyed. Gross. okay? So it's kind of like a it's like an open sore. So the point is, these peptic ulcers, I think, were associated with stress for a long time. It was like, oh, I'm so stressed out, my ulcers are acting up and everything, right? right? And there was actually a series of discoveries, you know, we're talking like 50 years ago or something like that, that really seemed to shut down that idea. It was like, no, actually, not stress. There's like, I think at the time, what they thought of as a biological explanation. Right. Right. Of course, we've done all these episodes now, we know stress is biological. Right. But they were like, oh, there's this other explanation which we'll get into. Right. And it's not stress. Ah. And then now I think we're starting to get back to the point where it's like, oh, maybe stress does play a role here. Mm. A but bit. Father O'Malley, what are ulcers? Yes. Okay. So let's do this thing. The idea here is your stomach is a pretty acidy place. Yeah. Right? It's got lots of acid going on. Yeah. You have these cells called parietal cells. They just pump hydrochloric acid into your stomach. Hydrochloric acid? Yeah. I thought if people drink that, they died. Well, I can't advocate for drinking hydrochloric
1: acid. <laughs> yeah, I almost got you there.
0: <laughs> Don't do that. I almost wrangled you up. But hydrochloric acid is one of the main acids that your parietal cells pump into the stomach. And some of that acid pumping happens in anticipation for a meal. But also, a lot of it happens when you have food in your tummy. Cool. It's Just like food's in there, the parietal cells get the signal, they just start dumping acid in. Very sexy. Okay? So having the food in there dilutes the acid some... And it raises the pH level in your stomach to, like, less acidic levels. Okay. But your pH is still often between, like, pH of, like, 1 and 3. Right. Which is pretty acidic, okay? Right. Lemon juice has a pH of
1: 2.2. Yeah. You're... I watched the whole Netflix show about that. It was one of the four quadrants of food. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Acid was one of them. It's, like, salty, heat,
0: sour sugar. Uh, is that how you well, say Well, acid was one of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, yeah, okay, so lemon juice is pretty acidic. Yes, yeah,
0: that's around the same acidity as Coca-Cola, by
1: the way. Really? Yeah. That's cool.
0: Yeah, they're both around the same acidity as, like, your stomach. So Coca-Cola is good for you?
1: (laughs) No. Because it balances out the acidity. No. If your pH is a 3, it brings you back down to (laughs) 2.2, right?
0: I think the main problem with Coca-Cola is how acidic it is on your teeth. Oh. Because your teeth do not want to be sitting in stomach acid. Really? They don't like it. You know, now that I say it out loud, that doesn't make sense. (laughs) So, the cells that make up your stomach lining are called foveolar epithelial cells. So, epithelial cells are just kind of, in general, your surface cells. Right. And those are the ones that make up your stomach lining, and they produce a lot of mucus. Okay. Okay, and that mucus is to help protect the cells of your stomach from all of that acid. Cool. And in the stomach wall, where you have all these epithelial cells, there are these like little caves called gastric pits okay and in those gastric pits deep inside those are the cells that secrete stuff like enzymes to break down your food the parietal cells Mm. that do the acid shit (laughs) (laughs) yes sure keep keep going g cells (laughs) that produce a peptide hormone (laughs) called gastrin
1: god
0: it's so gross
1: (laughs) don't let me stop i'm just i'm just doing the sound design for us ahead of time Because we're going to want those in the background (laughs) as you describe these gastric pits, you know? Just, like,
0: gurgling stomach sounds? Yeah. (laughs) Right? That's
1: what it sounds like in your gastric pit. Gross. So, uh...
0: Spelunking. G-cells produce a peptide hormone called gastrin, and it's important for signaling to the other cells to increase the mucus and acid production. Then, underneath all of those cells is what's called the submucosa. And that's, like, extracellular matrix proteins, collagen and shit... And then on the other side of that, you have smooth muscle, and that's for, like, you know, helping your stomach squeeze and shit to, like, mix stuff around.
1: Submucosa sounds like a horror film, like a sci-fi horror film. Submucosa. It's about being Halle Berry when Adrian Brody kissed you at that one Oscar. Oh, wow. That's submucosa. That's a bummer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's a much scarier film than I thought it was going to be.
0: And then, you know, as far as, like, big-scale biology stuff, you have your esophagus,
1: right? That's where the food's coming through. That's the food tube. Did you know, Sean, that esophagus and sarcophagus have very similar roots?
0: Yeah, they both have uh, phagus. Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is like uh, eating. Yeah. Yeah. Sarcophagus is like body eating, right? It's like a body eater. Is that what happens in those? Yeah, it just like kind of munches on you for a while.
1: Ah, Egyptians used to eat corpses
0: out of them. Beautiful. So you have your esophagus up top, right? That's where the food comes into the stomach. Okay. And then on the way out of the stomach, you have what's called the pyloric canal. Mm. Okay. And so that connects to your colon or something? That connects to your small intestines first. And actually, the first part of the small intestine since it's receiving all of like the stomach shit and it's still kinda acid no. right? it has a different name and it's called the duodenum. So that okay. was the part that I mentioned earlier. Right. When you get stomach ulcers or peptic ulcers, it's usually either the stomach or the duodenum, which is the first part of the small intestine.
1: The duodenum got shot in an episode of Family Guy, right? Like that's what Stewie shot inside Peter or something is the duodenum. Yeah. And Peter was like, My yeah. Duodenum's acting up and he yeah. ran out. Yeah. yeah. I've yeah. never seen Family Guy. No, come on, you're a liar. <laughs> I just I heard that from a friend. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And the duodenum and stomach are separated by that pyloric canal, and
1: okay. the famous pyloric sphincter. Okay, yeah. Well, here, give it to me in a realistic accent. Like, Which Like, pyloric sphincter! <laughs> right? like, pyloric sphincter! Yeah, that sounds like something from Zardoz! Right? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> she came at me with her pyloric sphincter sphincter.
0: <laughs> um, that,
1: that's Imperial Walker. <laughs> I'm glad that we're
0: saying sphincter so much. Sphincter. <laughs> it sounds good. Sphincter. <laughs> <Shrinkta. laughs> that's
1: true. I just yeah. gave you a lot of COVID. <laughs> yeah, you just spat all over them. That wasn't me. Um, <clears throat> now, it to my own sphincter.
0: <laughs> Sphincters are like,
1: <clears throat> they're like parts of your body that can close off. Yeah. Hey, John, have you ever seen that YouTube channel that's actually just two second clips? It's um, the actor Brian Cox saying the name of each scotch. So like the Benrach. Or, like, Archintoshan. Right? It's it's pretty useful if you don't know how to say a Scotch name, because it's all gobbledygook, Mm because, you know, Gaelic. Mm -hmm. But, um, they should have one for (laughs) Schwenktash, right? Like Sean Connery! (laughs) Yeah. Fema. (laughs) Schwenktash.
0: That (laughs) sounds good. You know? I'd be very into that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Way Way back
0: back in in, (laughs) in the early days of the internet. Yes. There were these, like, internet soundboard things, where you could click on one of the buttons, and it would play an Arnold Schwarzenegger audio clip. Right. And so you could have him saying things like, who's your daddy and what does he do? Yeah. And stuff like that. Right. And that was, at the time, endlessly entertaining. And so I feel like having something like that with Sean Connery saying sphincter
1: would be good. It's tragic what happened to the soundboards. You know, I mean, like, at first, they were really open communities for incels to meet, right? But then, like, it became more and more toxic, right? And then slowly kind of diverted to places like 8chan, right? And then Q, Q popped up. Right? Oh, no, not yeah, Q. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. All roads lead back to Q, doesn't it? Using those Arnold sound clips. <sighs> uh, <laughs> oh, Arnold. I wonder how much of the Q movement you could explain in Arnold sound clips.
1: <laughs> Get to the chopper! <laughs> yeah, um, probably. <laughs>
0: okay, so... All of the stuff going on in your stomach is awesome because you're dumping in all of this acid and everything in there, and that's pretty good at killing, like, a lot of microbes. Okay, okay? Right. So you don't have a lot of, like, bacteria coming in and doing naughty stuff. Right. But in the 1950s, we per- uh, we figured out that pretty much everyone getting gastric cancer had stomach inflammation beforehand. Okay. So it's like, oh... This person has gastric cancer, and if you look back a little bit, they had stomach inflammation, or they have stomach inflammation in other spots. So, there's, like, this link between stomach inflammation and this cancer that was popping up increasingly. Right. And inflammation can sometimes be unrelated to any kind of pathogen, but most of the time, inflammation is because of some virus or bacteria or somebody. Right. right? So, they were like, is there some fucker popping in there and making the stomach inflamed?
1: Well, is there...
0: So that's the thing, Nathan. Why don't we take a break, and when we come back, let's talk about the discovery.
1: This is Bogan Watch, Modern America Edition, where we get up close and personal to all the hostile fauna of the USA. Here we are at sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue. Let's see what sort of nasty bodies we can scrounge up. Oh, right there, right there's a proud boy, split roasted an immigrant with some mates. Satanists, the children. Oh, that's one of them QAnon types, hiding his insane and divviedish agenda with an innocuous hashtag. Oh, right there, is, is that, is that the president? Bad day for you boys, I'm all hopped up on Regeneron and daddy's hungry. Dear God, he's jacked with the board of baby stem cells. Run! No, God dear. This has been another episode of Bogan Watching, Republican Party Edition. I tell you what, Sean, I'm never going to ride in a helicobacter. <laughs> Not for what happened to Kobe. Right. Kobe? Um, hey, the Lakers won this year, though. And I think it's because the ghost of Kobe. Yes. Was playing. Yes. I think, because if you look really closely, you you, you turn down (laughs) the speed and you put on a couple filters on it, you can see Kobe's ghost. Right? I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. So tell me, Sean, so what causes all this inflammation?
0: Right. So, what you said, Helicobacter pylori is a bacterial species. Mm. Okay, so in the early 1980s, there were these two Aussies by the names of... Barry Marshall! (laughs) By the name of Barry Marshall and Robin Warren... And they wanted to figure out more about this gastritis, this stomach inflammation shit. And they found some bacteria that seemed to be living in the stomach mucosa. Okay, cool. And so they had this idea, like, okay, this bacteria is living in the stomach mucosa, which is a pretty hostile environment, that's impressive, but maybe they're causing the stomach inflammation, and maybe all of that stomach inflammation is causing some ulcers, which is where you have this patch of your stomach lining that's all fucked up, and the is exposed... And You know that could be from like shitty mucus
1: secretion or maybe too much acid secretion or something yeah. both. Maybe it's kind of amazing how far Australia came, huh? I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> just the 1980s, but in the 1970s two out of every hundred babies was killed by kangaroos <laughs> or, or raids on indigenous peoples right? So like, so like the fact that within ten years they had science is kind of incredible. That is incredible Well, when, when was the emu war the emu war was 1976? <laughs> Right? At the same time, we were mired in stagflation and our hubris. Like, there's this whole nation of third world peoples called Australia that are like still fighting emus. <laughs> Two different countries, alike in their hubris, but like, yeah. different in, <laughs> yeah. in who it was yeah. pointed against. <laughs> Two nations, both alike in hickory. <laughs> you know, there's, um, the, and within those four years, you know, what changed? God King Rupert Murdoch became wealthy. Well, thank goodness. Yeah, yeah. So in the 1980s, Rupert Murdoch, God King of Australia, was like, oh, I got to find me out by some gastritis. (laughs) (laughs) So he funded these two guys. Yes, yes.
0: Barry Marshall and Robin Warren funded famously
1: Mm. by Rupert Murdoch. You know, the other thing Warren did He's, he was a Republican, but as soon as he got on the court, he started saying that the federal constitution and the state constitution had to be aligned.
0: Oh, wow. wow the Warren Court.
1: Exactly. But after he's done with that, he's like, well, Bucky Stride is Send me <laughs>
0: <send, laughs> to Australia. Is this, is this accent still working?
1: <laughs>
0: okay. So, uh... So they had this idea that this bacteria was setting off a chain of events that could lead to gastric cancer. Cool. Their idea was thought of as kind of a stretch. Right, okay? right. As in most of the scientific community was like, I don't think that there is a bacteria. Yeah. And after the great emu was there, about two pennies to piss on in right. Australia. They had limited funding. Right. And it was running out. And their paper on the topic was rejected and they were having a tough time with an experiment in pigs where they were trying to put this bacteria into pigs and see if the pigs got tummy aches so they started to get desperate right and so old barry told his lab tech neil noakes
1: neil the same neil from a halloween it is the same neil
0: sean murdered him Uh, i did yeah well i wanted the lab data so neil (laughs) disclaimer not true neil grew some h pylori bacteria And took that H. pylori and gave it to Barry, wow. which Barry then gulped down, okay? Jesus Christ. So he just drank a broth of stanky H. pylori bacteria. Oh my God. And within three days, he had some mild nausea. And that wasn't even the grossest paw he ate that week. (laughs) (laughs) And he had some bad breath, not from the Vegemite. And (laughs) a few days later, had some vomiting. He had stomach pain, intense stomach pain. Okay, so what does that prove, though? And all of that was cleared up by antibiotics. And so what that demonstrated was that this bacteria could cause significant issues in stomachs. Okay. And so they were like, okay, that's a good proof of concept. We just did this to a dude. And so now we can look in more human patients. And so they expanded the study some, they took a look in them. Look to see, like, oh, does the stomach pH change? Do they get more ulcers?
1: All kinds of stuff like that. So did they get funding or were they executed for using science in the holy kingdom of the archdiocese of Australia?
0: They did eventually get funding. That's
1: good. Uh, And
0: it's a really popular, very highly cited paper because it's a dude gulping down bacteria. Hilarious. And so it does seem like this bacteria can cause gastritis, the stomach inflammation, And can set things up so that you're more likely to get stomach ulcers and
1: stomach cancer. But how, Nathan? How does it do such a thing? Do you aspire to be a researcher like this? Do you want to just like drink stuff? (laughs) Do
0: I want to give myself cancer and then try to cure it? Not really. So Barry did not think that the bacteria was going to kick in as fast as it did. Right. Because it was like three days. Right. And his mom was like, your breath is dog shit. That's pretty and, funny. and he was like, uh-oh. Because he, he, thought with he was gonna, his mom? Yes. He thought wow, it was going to take a couple weeks. Right? <laughs> this is a bogan
1: motherfucker, dude. <laughs> Lived with his mom in, like, fucking a trailer park. <laughs> fucking in the Outback. Fucking filming Mad Max outside. <laughs> 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 fucking kangaroos ate my tank out. That's where they got the idea from Mad Max, is just
0: seeing him in his natural environment. Oh, my
1: God. Okay.
0: Let's take a break, and then when we get back, let's talk about the biology of H. Pylori. And then... Some other stuff about stomach ulcers, and then finish out with something about stress. Okay, cool. The following is an actual advertisement. Petri Dish is actually working together with a company called Scientist, spelled the normal way with an extra T on the end, and they have a product called Scientist Studio. And what Scientist Studio does is it's geared toward academics like me and I'm sure like a lot of our listeners out there and the idea is you give them your research summary and they can take that they can narrate it animate it illustrate it they can basically turn it into a little cool cartoon video that helps explain your research so you can share that you can put that out there to promote your lab to promote the work that you're doing you can share that with family and friends to help explain when they're questioning you like what do you do with your life you're like stop asking that fucking question check out this video and so It's this really awesome product. It's 59 pounds, because I guess they're British. But they have a promo code, Petri Dish Pod. So it's all put together in one word, there's no spaces. Petri Dish Pod. And with that, you can get 10% off any order of Scientist Studio. And so you can check them out on Twitter if you want, at underscore sci, S-C-I studio, S-T-U-D-I-O. And you can get their product right there. You can also go to Scientist, that's Scientist with an extra T, dot studio. Uh, And that's their website where you can check out this product. Okay, first off, it seems like H. Pylori needs to be given a chance to establish itself in a stomach. Okay? okay. It can't pull itself up by its own bootstraps. So you got to drink a vial of H. pylori. <laughs> so him doing that definitely... It helped. Yeah. That is a good way to do it. Right. Although, although, even in that experiment, if I remember correctly, he had to take something to like make his stomach a little bit more basic ah for even just gulping down the bacteria so he ate to like more british takes. food
1: <laughs> right? i don't know if that's his problem Sean. <laughs> oh man um, you know we had a similar problem when obama let all of ms-13 come in right so they could establish themselves as a colony in the sanctuary city i see i see
0: <laughs> so normally republicans keep things acidic in the u.s exactly but then when old barry bama came in <laughs> <laughs> look at you jujitsu he me was back just in- too basic <laughs> 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 and that let in ms-13 yikes What a nightmare this whole segment has been. (laughs) Um, Okay. (laughs) So what I mean is that the normal acidic levels in your stomach, the normal pH, seem to actually do a pretty good job of keeping H. pylori out. So what you need to have is a little bit of a higher pH situation. And then if you have that for a little bit of time, H. pylori can get into the mucus Mm. and then it can start producing stuff to protect itself. Right. But then once it does that, once it gets the infection started, then you can see this increase in stomach pH So that your stomach isn't as acidic as it normally is. Right. So the H. pylori will send out signals that will help keep the acid low. Yes. You'll also see the H. pylori dump out ammonia. Okay. And ammonia itself is, it's a base, basically. Right. It'll it'll make things more basic in your stomach. Okay. So in that starting infection, the acute infection of H. pylori, usually you see people's stomachs become more basic. And that actually can affect how well you digest food. Right. So it can make it so you're not getting as many nutrients out of your food because your stomach's just not working as well. Okay. And so, yeah, H. pylori, secreting ammonia, they can secrete some fatty acids. Those seem to directly affect the ability of the parietal cells to do their acid job. Okay. So they're not really doing as much of the acid secretion. But... H. pylori also sets off immune responses, okay? And so you get cytokines getting released, like IL-1 beta. And that also negatively impacts the parietal cells. They don't like that either. And at some point, like all of that's the acute infection. That's like the H. pylori just got in there. They're just like fucking doing their thing. At some point, it moves from acute to chronic. The H. pylori has been there for a while and your stomach kind of adapts to it. So your pH actually stops being higher than normal. It goes back to being acidic. And it seems kind of normal. So there's people, you can test their stomach pH and be like, oh, your stomach pH is fine, but they might still have an H. pylori infection. Jeez. And this might be like a compensatory move by the G cells. Okay, they're like sitting there. They're like, wait, we keep telling you to make this more acidic, but it's basic as shit. So like do your job even more. Like let's get like way more acid in there. Mm. Okay. And so in some spots in your stomach where there is H. pylori hanging out, Maybe you'll go from basic to, like, like, normal, right? You'd go from, like, a shitty pH to, like, the correct pH. Right. But usually H. pylori doesn't infect your entire stomach area. Okay. So it means you'll have some patches where the pH is normal and then other parts of your stomach where the pH is, like, way too high. Okay. Because the signal is going out, like, we need way more acid, dudes, right? And so you're just dumping all this acid into your stomach and there's certain parts that are cool, but then there's other parts that are, like, just so much acid, it's burning through the mucus, it's burning through the cells, and then you get these ulcers that form. Jesus. And so, the H.
1: pylori ulcer connection was, like, a big deal in science, right? Didn't you guys have bigger things to deal with, like, black holes and climate change and, like, I don't... The, the Bush administration and stuff? Like, was this really... We were sweeping climate
0: change under the rug at that point i I don't know if black holes are ever that dangerous well they're
1: cool they are cool they are cool but there are a lot of people with tommy ouchies that's true think about the people nathan i'm kind of more of a of the world in the world kind of guy (laughs) i don't remember how that expression i don't don't know what that means (laughs) well there's an expression that's like man that bitch is in the world but not of the world right (laughs) <laughs> oh. Okay, no, is but that... really, though, and they there like an expression that's like, she I... is in the world, but not of the world. Why do you keep doing an accent? Is that helping? <laughs> Man, she is in the world, and I'm out of work. on Judge
0: I don't know what the saying is. I've never heard of it Wait, really? Not at all? I seriously don't know what you're talking about.
1: Okay, well, okay. I'm To be serious for a second, I do think that there's an expression that's like, this person is in the world physically, but they're not of this world. There's something kind of, there's like a certain... They're like, out of this world. Yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah. It probably is linked, right? Yeah, out of this world. Like, Jesus, I think it used to apply to Jesus, right? Jesus was in the world, but not of the world. Because he's like, fucking God or whatever. I don't okay. know, I'm not a Muslim, so I don't know what Jesus is. Okay. But, like, but, like, you know what I'm saying. Whew, yeah, I guess so. I don't,
0: I don't even remember who you're talking about anymore, but yeah, I got Why you. Let's just talk about this. <laughs> No, okay. 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 Wait. wait but wait, wait, the wait. point is that you could you could take antibiotics and get rid of the H. pylori, and in a lot of people that had stomach ulcers, that made the stomach ulcers go away. That's cool. So how big of a
1: problem was stomach ulcers back in the '80s? Was it just like pretty widespread, actually? Yeah, it's a very stressful time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was contra,
0: though. but like even you know, 1950s, 1940s, there were a ton of stomach ulcers. It was a very very common phenomenon. Yeah, and people would take
1: antacids a lot to try to calm down their stomach ulcers. Well, you know, we're always talking about how great, like, you know, Levittown. You know, we're always talking about how wonderful the forties and fifties were. But like in reality, there was the Holocaust. There was World War II. There's like the end of the Great Depression, right? There's like so much racism and shit. Who was saying that it was a great time? Uh, like like Robert Spencer, <laughs> and uh, the guy who made Vice, <laughs> and the Pratt Boys in general. Nice. Yeah. Um, Milo. Is he still alive? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Mila Husavich, or whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, the thing
0: is that a lot of people actually do have itch pylori infections, and about 80% of the people that do don't get stomach ulcers. That's good. Okay. And a sizable chunk of people that get stomach ulcers do not have H. pylori infections. So what's the deal? Right. There must be some other explanation for what's causing these stomach ulcers. H. pylori infections do take care of a huge chunk of stomach ulcers. And so that is great. And people were very excited and it was good. But there are some other things going on
1: there. Tell me about this other thing. NSAIDs.
0: Yeah, NSAID. So uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs that's like aspirin or advil or something.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. And those can cause ulcers. Really? Yeah. Dude, I just like pound a bottle of aspirin every day. Yeah, so I get so swole. The thing is that that's a that's an
0: increasingly common thing and it's been increasingly common over the years since, you know, mid-century and then kind of moving onward. Mm. And because of that, we've seen the share of stomach ulcers attributable to that increase over time. Right, sure. Because uh, a lot of people take low doses of like aspirin for heart health and right, everything. Right. But that can affect your stomach. And it seems like the way that it does it is actually that those inhibit two enzymes. The the two COX enzymes. COX-1 yes. and COX-2. Right. That's what Stacey calls us. <laughs> this is a pregnant pause for you to make jokes. About <laughs> c-. Um, so... Those two enzymes create things called prostaglandins. Prostaglandins produced by COX-2 are usually inflammatory. So when you take an NSAID like Advil or something as an anti-inflammatory drug, usually you're trying to get it to inhibit COX-2 and all the stuff that COX-2 is making. So I did mention though that there's COX-1 and COX-2 and COX-1 makes a prostaglandin that's important for telling your stomach lining to make more mucus and to produce bicarbonate to neutralize some of the acid. Okay, Okay. cool. So COX-1 is important for helping with a stomach that is a little too acidic, right? To, like, defend the stomach from that acidity.
1: So 100% Nisades fucks up that process.
0: Yeah, they can mess up your mucus production. They can basically reduce the mucus production, make your stomach a little bit more acidic, and over time, that can eventually burn through patches of mucus in your stomach. But not everyone agrees. So first of all... There's plenty of people who take NSAIDs that never get stomach ulcers, okay? Right. And then also, if you look at everyone that has stomach ulcers, subtract the ones from H. pylori, subtract the ones from aspirin use, you still have a chunk of people that we can't explain where their ulcers come from. Yeah, undecided voters. Yes, and they're called
1: idiopathic peptic ulcer disease. They are idiots. <laughs> <Just> idiopathic. <laughs> um, Undecided voters have idiopathy. <laughs> They're fucking stupid. Oh, man. <laughs> no, just kidding.
0: So, <laughs> just kidding. This is like, in the past, this was like 10% of ulcers. But actually, in more recent years, we've been doing such a good job clearing up H. pylori infections that the H. pylori share of stomach ulcers has been dropping. And so now it's like 50% of the cases are idiopathic peptic ulcer disease
1: okay cool so what else can cause ulcers
0: yeah so alcohol consumption smoking no. lie <laughs>
1: lie well you don't smoke really <laughs> oh that's true just the alcohol consumption that's true.
0: Um, a lot of these things work together so having H pylori taking aspirin and then also smoking or right, drinking a right. lot all of that can exacerbate the right. issue right? so
1: which Taco Bell menu item do you think causes the most ulcers because I feel like I made a switch to crunchy wraps at one point, and uh-huh. I was ulcer City, right? And then I went back to beefy five-layer burritos, and I had a lot less ulcers. Yeah, Still a few, though.
0: You know, I think something about how much beans you're getting. Right. You know? Like, I think the beans
1: help soak up some, maybe, that hot sauce that you're putting in there. Ah, so the beanier, the better. That's my vote. Right. So, like, a bean burrito is safer than, like, a fully meat burrito, which is not a problem with Taco Bell. You're never going to have a brain that's I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so They're going to sneak some bean in there. <laughs> yes, <he's being. laughs> uh, sneak some bean. All right. But the last thing, the,
0: the thing that's going to actually make this tie into our series on stress is that stress also does seem to explain some of the stomach ulcer Situation. Very okay? sexy. So even though that used to be the most popular explanation a long time ago, right, and then it fell
1: out of favor because of H pylori being such a big deal, and they didn't want to admit about PTSD and stuff like that. It's like coming off of Vietnam, and people were like, "Wow, I think I saw a village get murdered," and you're like, "No, no, no, it's the smoking." <laughs> <laughs> yes. So stress. Finally, people don't think that
0: stress by itself causes peptic ulcers, ah. but that some kind of relationship between diet, smoking, lifestyle stuff, microbiome stuff, stress, all of that can cause ulcers to happen even in the absence of H. pylori and aspirin.
1: So it kind of devolves back into our usual who the fuck really knows kind of thing with biology.
0: Yeah, yeah, although I think that, so there's actually, there's something called stress ulcers.
1: Oh! there are ulcers that we know are about stress.
0: Yes, and usually they're from acute physiological stress oh okay like you're in surgery or you're in the icu for a while right
1: we gotta remember stress can be two different things even though they're kind of linked yes right Right. so
0: that's the thing is that like we notice it the most with acute physiological stress right partially
1: because you're like literally in the hospital right (laughs) in these you know all the the blue bruises i get from stacy beating me is physiological stress but it causes (laughs) psychological stress Yes. Yes. Exactly like that, Nathan. (laughs) Right. So
0: one of the major mechanisms for stress ulcers is that you have these cells, these immune cells called mast cells. Okay. Okay. And if you go back to our innate immune episode, you can hear more about them, but they're a big deal in allergic responses. And apparently they hang out right near the nerve endings of the sympathetic nervous system. Okay. Okay. So if you remember in, I think it was our last stress episode. Right. We talk about how you have the sympathetic nervous system, and it has to do with your fight or flight situation. Yeah. It's also heavily implicated in like your hair going gray and shit like that, right? And so the thing is, mast cells just hang out right at the endings of those sympathetic guys, and they send out like norepinephrine and shit. They send out these little signals, corticotrophin releasing factor, substance P, neurotensin. All of these hit the mast cells, and then it tells the mast cells to just like dump out histamine. And okay. Out, okay. Incidentally, that's why we take antihistamines when we're having an allergic reaction. Okay, cool. Because it's literally anti the thing that mast cells dump out. Right, right. And histamines can inflame the gut and also tell your parietal cells to secrete more acid. Okay? okay. So these mast cells going nuts can make your stomach super upset and also can make your stomach more acidic. Right. And those two things together can contribute to basically your mucus getting degraded. And then burning up some of those cells and you getting an ulcer. So, you know, I mean, I think that that's a pretty solid connection between your immune system, stress, and your stomach for stress ulcers. But you could imagine a similar process happening for psychological stress as well. right? right? Psychological stress setting up your sympathetic nervous system and all of this stuff.
1: Damn.
0: Yeah, dude. So that's gut ulcers and stress, you know? Cool. Nice and done up. I think next time we're gonna talk more about uh, like people who stress eat and stuff like that.
1: Okay. Which is like a whole. That's a whole situation. A lot of stomach stuff with stress. Yeah. Yeah. Interestingly, I think gut microbiome is a is a is a fickle thing. Sentient even. Well, I think also in in
0: like your flight or fight response, one of the things that does happen is you kind of shut down your gut. Right. Right. Because you're like, I don't want to deal. I don't want to to deal with right now. Yeah. So there is already a lot of involvement there. But then also one of the things we're going to talk about in an episode is stress and your immune system and your gut, because it's an interface between microbiome and your body has a ton of immune shit going on. Right. It's like a serious immune center. So you can also imagine if stress affects your immune system, that can also affect your gut. Right. Right. So I think there's a lot of ways that stress fucks around with your tummy. Jesus, man. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, let's thank Stacy Song, our sound lord and engineer. Brian for art and Griffin for animation. You can rate and review us in whatever pod catching situation you're doing, you know, Apple, or you can go to podchaser.com. Uh, you can tweet at us at DishPodcast or send us an email at peacherdishpod at
1: gmail.com. Okay, guys, this is not a very stressful time. So this is not a big deal. But if you are stressed, guys, you gotta find ways to Mm de-stress For your
0: gut! Okay? Do you do do anything to de-stress in those rare situations where you're stressed out? I mean,
1: I play like 60 hours a week of video games. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, everyone. You have to hit that 60-hour mark, though, if you want to be as unstressed as Nathan. Okay, we're gonna Petri Twitch stream some Gate 3, alright? Wow. Yeah, okay, and that'll help you (laughs) de-stress, alright? Watch us play some really sexy, sexy elves. There are some actual podcasts that do Twitch streams. Yeah, like AOC, you know.
0: Does she have a podcast?
1: Uh, she was on a Twitch stream for that. Right, y- I know. remember that. Yeah. What was she playing? Uh, oh, 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 Among uh, Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Mafia game. Yes.
0: Wow. Okay, well, anyway, thank you, everyone, for tuning in.
1: I hope you liked our Halloween episode last week. I thought that was fun. Mm-hmm. Get it. ready for our Christmas episode. ring ding dang science jingling balls. (laughs) It's fun to ride together, fucking silly Sean Thrall. That's because you're enslaved. (laughs) (laughs) In this one, I play Santa Claus, and you play my happiest boy, Elf Sean. (laughs) See y'all next time, everybody. (laughs)